0: we offer unto you this evening the sacrifice of, of praise. Lord, we know we may come in tired. We've we've been out there in the world all week working and and taking care of kids and everything else. But Lord, tonight we come in to make it all about you, Jesus. And so as we raise our hands to you and give you thanks and praise, we know that your goodness it is running after us, Father. You 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 desire to to bless us, Lord. You desire to give us the peace and and the joy of the Lord. And so thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, just resting upon each person here this evening as we receive your word. And I pray that you would speak to us and Lord, that we would receive what it is you have for us this evening. We love you and we thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise this evening? Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? amen god is good to us praise the lord well we're going to go ahead and get into the word of god together this evening and i know that's why you came the hour of power to high desert word center amen yeah so we're going to do that and um i'm going to be preaching tonight on one of my absolutely favorite bible verses and i know i say that a lot but I mean it this time, all right? So, uh, tonight I'm going to be uh, talking about the title is this. It's called The Day of Trouble. That's the title, The Day of Trouble. And uh, that may not sound like a very encouraging thing to be discussing, but I can promise you that we're going to get somewhere with this. So, uh, if you could open your Bibles tonight to the book of Nahum, we're going to look at Nahum chapter 1. It's one of your favorite books, isn't it? Yeah, everybody loves Nahum. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and the last book, Malachi. So, you know, I do have the books of the Bible memorized, but they're memorized in a song that I learned as a wee little lad back in the 90s. And so, even after, <laughs> I'm not going to sing the whole thing, but even after going through a, a Bible school, it's that song that really uh, reminds me of what they are. So, Nahum chapter one, and we're going to look here at verse seven. And I'm going to read this in the new King James. I, man, this is a verse that has gotten me through a whole lot of days of trouble in my life. Nahum chapter one and verse seven in the new King James. It says, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him there is a lot going on in that verse right there but uh mean, there's just so much we could say about this but listen first of all you need to know that the lord is good who knows that the lord is good you have to establish that up front that the Lord is never bad. He never does bad to you. He only wants good for you and does good for you. Now, notice it uses this phrase: uh, He is a stronghold. The uh, the NLT would say that He is a refuge. and And what's a refuge? It's a safe place. He, he is a fort. And you know, a lot of times in the Psalms, you'll see uh, the words refuge and fortress used synonymously. And I, I like to imagine, man, that the Lord has built a fortress all around me on every side to keep me safe and to keep the enemy out. And uh, all throughout the Psalms, we see those promises. Now, here's an interesting part at the last end of the verse. I'm not preaching on this tonight, but it is worth noting that it does tell us he knows those who trust in him. Oh! I'm not going to harp on that for too long, but it's worth visiting for like 30 seconds here. So uh, every Christian ever will tell you that they trust in the Lord, right? I mean, they will all tell you that. And, and uh, I mean, we do to a certain extent. But honestly, this verse kind of separates those who trust him and who don't, because this tells me that, again, there may be some that say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord, I'm trusting him. And I don't know, the Lord knows those who actually do trust in him and that's not to you know ever make somebody feel bad or condemned but let's get real here sometimes we're going through something and you know we know all the motions to go through and like okay yeah do this do that and but now what are we really going to do hold on remind yourself the lord is good he is a stronghold in the day of trouble and he does know those who trust in him only you could answer this question but with your situation right now honestly are you trusting God you know be honest yeah are you are you trusting him or are you trying to figure out every conceivable way that you could fix it now we all know we have a role to play in you know, and and the miracle sometimes, if, if the Lord says, uh, you know, he told one guy, go wash in the Jordan River seven times. Well, he needed to do that. But the healing, it came from the Lord's power, but it came from that guy's obedience as well. You do have a role to play, but I find that oftentimes with people I talk to, uh, really... They, uh, you know, if they were to be fully honest, they aren't actually trusting the Lord with that problem. They're really, they've got it in their own hands, and uh, and it's not getting anywhere. It's, it's not getting fixed, and it's probably not going to get fixed until we put it in his hands and leave it in his hands. Don't take it back, because sometimes we're like, okay, Lord, I gave it to you. Give it back now. You know, hey, what are you going to do with it? You, you couldn't fix it last time. So I'm just encouraging you. He knows those who trust in him, and I would say he knows those who say they do, but don't actually, all right? And so I've had to I've had to get real cold and hard with myself sometimes and be like, you know what, fess up Pastor Dave, you're not really trusting God with that. You you're saying it, but you really aren't. And so that's something for us to look at, and only you can answer that, all right? But get real. And if you're not actually trusting the Lord with it, well, how do you fix that? Well, just start trusting him, man. Get, get in the word and trust the Lord with it. And, uh, and and don't take it out of his hands. Amen? All right. Well, let's look at a few things here regarding the day of trouble. All right? We've got 27 minutes, and I'm going to try to make this happen in, in, uh, in 27 minutes. All right. So number one is this. you got to know that the day of trouble comes to everyone. The day of trouble comes to everyone, and nobody is exempt from never having troubles. And I know we would often like to think that, okay, man, I gave my life to the Lord. That means no more troubles, smooth sailing, easy going, never a trouble again. Well, no, there are still troubles. There are still storms. There are still Things that happen to you. But here's the deal. Now you know how to fight the good fight of faith and overcome the situation. Well, how? Well, the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Let's look at 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. Man, I love this verse. I can't tell you how much I love this verse. It is just, it is awesome. Did you know that it's on the bottom of the in and out cups? Anyone know that this particular verse? Yeah. So first, uh, first Corinthians 10 and verse 13. And so here's a verse that I use often. I I use this verse often, but there's it's there's a lot of truth right here that we need to get a hold of. So first Corinthians 10 and verse 13. And uh, we're going to look at it here in the NLT. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Ah, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. In fact, when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Man, and so check it out. This word temptations, it's a, a, a mixture of two Greek words. But one of the words is pyrasmus, and this word means Test or trials. And so we can read this verse literally as saying the temptations, tests, and trials in your life are no different from what others experience. Now, one massive lie that the devil wants you to believe is that you are the only one facing that situation right now. It's a lie. And he wants you to think that you're the only one in this church family facing that situation right now. Man, I go in there, they're all smiling, and I, I, I just don't have it, or man, my kids are a mess, or hey, my, I don't, my finances are a wreck, or my health, and, and you're, I'm the only one that nobody can even relate. Why even go and talk to anybody about it? And that's a lie from Satan. I'm not diminishing or making light of your situation, but you are not that special that you're the only one that's ever faced that problem. You're special. You're very special, but check it out. Listen, you are not the only one that is dealing with that. The temptations, tests, trials in your life are no different from what others experience. Thank God the verse doesn't end right there. What if that was the end of the whole verse? I'd be like, golly, that stinks. (laughs) There's no hope for any of us. We're all in trouble. But no, it says God is faithful. Come on, somebody. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation, test, or trial to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, tested, faced with a trial, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. That is some really good news for us tonight. Amen? And so, We all face troubles in this life. And one thing that I have found is sometimes that the day of trouble is not just a 24-hour period of time. Sometimes it seems to be a little bit more of a season of trouble, right? And that's okay because we know how to handle this because of Jesus, all right? So I'm going to look here at these are two primary sources trouble comes from. Now, um, these are not the only sources, I would say, but I would say these are two of the top sources that trouble will come to you in life, a Satan. Everybody knows that, a Satan. Now, uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, I've got quite a bit of verses, so I may move rather quickly on them tonight, but 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 8 and 9, and I promise you that we are going to encourage you this evening. So 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 and i'm going to read this in the new king james cuz it's uh i like the way that it's worded here and it's, you know my verses are memorized in the king james even though i read the nlt every day so uh, but here's the new king james that's why the, the new king james is kind of a happy medium for i can meet in the middle of the road you know what i mean so all right so first peter chapter 5 and we're going to look here at verses 8 and 9 it says be sober Be vigilant or what does that mean? It means stay alert, be awake. My goodness. Why? Because your adversary, your enemy, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What do you do? Lay down and play dead? No. Resist him. Resist him. How? You got to be steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So again, this verse tells us that you're not the only one that's ever dealt with that before, obviously. But check it out. It tells us that there is an enemy, or as we say here, an adversary, and it is the devil. And again, my dad said it a minute ago. He doesn't go on Christmas break. He doesn't just, oh, it's the holidays, let me give the demons the week off. You know, you guys have worked real hard this year torturing these people. You can have a week off, you know, just to celebrate Christ's birth. No, man, they're, they work overtime. They're, they'll do anything they can right now to try to screw up the Christmas season for you and to bring any other destruction they can into your life. But what do you do? You resist him. Don't sit there and take it. If somebody was sitting there just punching you straight in the face, would you just sit there and take it? You know, you just sit there and take it, you know, five minutes, ten minutes. Here you are a month later, still taking it. No, you would, if nothing else, if nothing else, you would at least have the intelligence to at least step to the side, if nothing else. But, you know, I would hope that you could put up some sort of resistance or something. But how come is it the devil is right there beating your brains out for weeks and months, sometimes years, and you're just sitting there taking it the whole time. Resist Him! How do you resist Him? Well, James tells us to submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and He will flee from you. And so, there, the Word tells us how to do it, but there, He is a primary source of trouble. Now, the, I'm gonna list one more source, and before you, you know, get angry at me, just consider that we're going to look at the word here, okay? So the second primary source of trouble comes from you. <laughs> now, I know that's not what you wanted to hear tonight, but let's just discuss this for just a moment. Now, I, you know, you're probably hoping that I'd say the primary second source comes from your spouse or your children or, you know, your boss. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's talk about you for a minute. So. I, uh, there's a quote from Kenneth Hagin uh, that I read. He said, some things that people attribute to the devil are really nothing more than the works of the flesh. Some things that people attribute to the devil are really nothing more than the works of the flesh. So very quickly, I'm going to look at Galatians 5:19 through 21. I told you I had quite a bit of verses, but let's look at this. Galatians 5:19 through 21. Amen. So... Uh you're familiar with the fruit of the spirit, Galatians five twenty-two and 23. Well, this is the fruit of the flesh or the lust of the flesh. And so this is Galatians five nineteen through 21. I'm going to read it quickly. Uh, you know, you ever like have, maybe there's like a, an area you, you just don't like to drive through. So you kind of go real quick when you get through there. That's how I feel about these verses. I don't like to drive through here, but sometimes I have to. So I just go real quick and, you know, roll the windows up and lock the doors and just get through as quick as I can. So galatians five nineteen through twenty one when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy. Drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Made it through. All right. So that's an ugly list, isn't it? I much prefer to read the next few verses. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, (laughs) peace. Patience, man, I love that stuff. Now, this is a very real list, and it is very ugly, and this is the th- this is the results of when we allow our sinful nature to control us. Now, certainly the devil can bring temptation into our lives. He tempted Jesus Christ. So don't think that he's not going to put things in front of you. But oftentimes, even though that temptation is there, we're still uh, responsible for dealing with how we handle it, right? And so if you're experiencing any of the things on that list, I feel like a doctor right now, or if you, you have any of these symptoms right here, it might not be an evil spirit or the devil. It might just be that you aren't crucifying the flesh. That always goes over really, really well when I preach that. I want to tell I want to give another quote from Kenneth Hagen. Uh He said, often Christians who are having problems with the flesh think that if they could just Get away from it all or move to another state. That's one of my favorites. Or change jobs or churches. Things would be different, but you can't get away from the flesh. Moving or changing churches is not going to solve the problem if it's your unredeemed flesh you're dealing with. Wherever you go, your flesh is still going to be there. So we're talking about some primary sources that trouble comes from and i've got a quote from dr barclay and i've said this a lot but I, I it's actually from dr barclay but he said the trouble with moving to get away from your troubles is that you're taking you with you and if you're trying to move get away from the devil too he'll also be there because you know he, you know what i mean and so you got to learn how to deal with this stuff that you know the day of trouble man it's it's a thing but the lord is good He's a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who trust him. And so we know we need to learn how to fight the good fight of faith in these circumstances and understand that sometimes the day of trouble is coming from the devil. And in my life, sometimes the day of trouble has come from me by being an idiot. Yeah? Yeah? Is that fair? You know, I'll talk about me, not you. But sometimes the day of troubles come, and I'm sitting there, I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus, I command you. And then all of a sudden, like, wait a minute. You're sick because you ate, you know, 13 tacos last night. That's not the devil. Do that. The devil didn't make you sick. You did that, dummy. And, you know, binding the devil, you know, that's nothing, man. That was me that brought that on my life. And and whatever the case is, listen, sometimes it's the devil, and sometimes... uh, We just got to get real and say, okay, you know what? I kind of brought that on myself. But praise God, the Lord will forgive us and help us get through it, right? Just because we brought the trouble in, that doesn't mean God hates us now or that, you know, he's not a stronghold in the day of trouble. He still is. But now we've identified why the trouble is coming. And so I want to look at point number two here, and it's this. And, And we've clearly identified this. If you've gone to this church for any time period at all, you know this, but trouble doesn't come from God. God is not the source of your trouble. He's the answer to your trouble. And so I want you to see Psalm 91 and verse 15, Psalm 91 verse 15. We've always got time for Psalm 91, don't we? Yeah, sure we do. Psalm 91 and verse 15. We'll read this in the new King, King James as well. Amen. We having a good time tonight? So Psalm 91 and verse 15, and I love the entire chapter of Psalm 91, but it tells us this, He shall call upon me, and if I've got time, I'll answer it. No, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Praise God. I'm so glad that he used definite words right there. Not, you know, I might answer. I might be with him in trouble. I might deliver him if he deserves it. Praise God that he doesn't deliver us and and answer us because of how good we've been. Because, hey... We'd be waiting a very long time to get that that answer, wouldn't we? <laughs> if it was based upon our goodness and our own self-righteousness, but it's not. It's based upon Jesus is good. And, and I'm, I'm going off of that right there, that Jesus is good. And because he's so good by the grace of God, he is there to answer when I call. He is there with me in trouble and he delivers me and honors me. Hallelujah. That's good news. All right? I'm not going to turn there since you... But write this down, okay? It'll be on the screen. John 10.10. 10. Who knows John 10.10? Better know it. You better know it. Come on. John 10.10 10 tells us what? That the thief does not come except to what? To steal and kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life. and That they might have it more abundantly. That right there is massively important to your interpretation of scripture and to your interpretation of life in general. You need to realize that if it's bad, it's not from God. If it's good, amen, if it's true good, then it is from God because he comes to give us life and life more abundantly. Now, some people think that God may send a little trouble your way to teach you or to strengthen your character. Well, that is not in line with Scripture. The Bible and the Holy Spirit are the teachers of the church, not sickness or trouble. You have to get that established in your heart. Now, sometimes you might learn a lesson from your trouble. I've learned some lessons from trouble. Many, many, many lessons from trouble. (laughs) Most definitely, but it wasn't God who sent the trouble. He'd rather you listen to the Bible or to his Holy Spirit when he tried talking to you in the first place. Remember one time, long time ago, when Isaac was a little guy, I was, uh, I don't proclaim to be a good cook, all right? You know, I'm just going to throw that out there. But I do proclaim to be very good on a griddle. I'm just going to, I'm good on the griddle. So I was doing grilled cheese that night, and uh, and Isaac, he's sitting there. That wasn't that funny, Casey. But anyway. That wasn't funny. That was like, why is that so hard to believe? I can make a grilled cheese. Anyway, um, let me do my story. So uh, so Isaac's right there, and and I'm like, I can tell that he he's wanting to touch the griddle. And I'm like, Isaac, don't touch it. It'll burn you. And I can see him kind of inching more towards it. I'm like, Isaac, no, 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 don't touch it. Just take my word. Don't touch it. Trust me. Don't touch it. So a few minutes later, you know, I run to the other room, grab something, and I, you know, hear, ah, ah, I go in there. What happened? He touched the griddle. He learned a valuable lesson that night. Valuable lesson. But here's the deal. Was it the will of the father that he touched the griddle just so he could learn? No. The father warned him several times. Don't do it. Just trust me on this. Don't do it. He learned but that was not the father's original intent for him to learn it that way. The father's original intent was that he just would have listened to my voice and my instruction. And sometimes we get a big old butt kicking in life. Man, I guess God's really trying to teach me one right now. Oh, and oh boy, I'm learning right now. Maybe you are, but I promise you it was not the father's will for you to have to get thumped around and spanked a little bit before you would finally learn your lesson. The father's will was probably that you could have heard it through the Bible, heard it through a sermon at church, you know, listened to his voice when he was speaking to your heart. That I promise you every time in my life that I've gotten myself in trouble and learned from it every single time, 100 percent of the time in my life, I can look back and think, oh, now I see. Okay. That's why you kept having the pastor preach on that topic. And I was, you know, thinking like, man, don't you know anything else, dude? (laughs) Or, or, you know, uh, that's how come this and that. And I can always look back and positively identify, man, God tried to warn me like, a hundred times before I crossed that line and got myself in trouble. I can't blame him. He did his part. He is faithful. He was a good father and tried to warn me, but I didn't listen to the voice of the father. And then I, I got hurt. And so, you know what, I'm not going to blame him and accuse him of, you know, being an abusive father. I did it to myself. And it's not the will of the father for us to uh, to get hurt like that, we do learn from it, but his will is that we would listen to his word, listen to his voice, listen to the wise people that he puts into our lives and get it that way. And sure, if we just want to resist all that, you have every right in the world to resist God and cross the line and get smacked. Absolutely. You reserve that right. You have free will. God does not force you to do what he says. If God forced us to obey his word, everybody in here would be nice to me. I'm kidding, you're nice to me. It's a, it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. All right. So um listen to this. I gotta say something else regarding trouble also. Just because trouble comes, it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. I'm just kind of pivoting here, but just because troubles come into your life, it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. You know, you may think, man, I just like uh, I'm having trouble at work. I, I, I don't know what to do, man. Maybe maybe I, I, if I was in the will of God right now, I, it would be smooth sailing. There would be no trouble at all. I mean, everything would just fall on me like ripe cherries off a tree. You know, I, I don't get it. And, and listen, if being in trouble means that you missed out on God's will or you missed out on what God said, I can tell you now the Apostle Paul must have never been in the will of God. He had trouble. I'll take it a step further. Jesus was not in the will of God. If trouble means that you are not in the will of God, Jesus had trouble everywhere he went. Read it. One time in the book of John, they picked up stones to kill him right there on the spot. He slipped through the crowd and, 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 and got out before they could kill him. Everywhere he went, people were trying to give him trouble. And so in your life, you know, sometimes maybe there is Everything going wrong because you got out of the will of God somewhere, but listen just because you 're going through something, it doesn 't mean that you 're out of the will of God. you need to blow the whole thing up, you need to move, you need to quit your job, you need to get a new spouse, you need to get you know get new kids you need to get you know, listen, pump the brakes on that, calm down. the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Go to his word, listen to his voice and everything is going to be all right i can tell you that right now and you got to fight the good fight of faith sometimes there is a fight and that's 1st timothy 6:12 fight the good fight of faith remind yourself of that all right number 3 this evening is this is that god always provides a way out he always provides a way out And so we're going to look at that verse that we looked at just a little bit ago. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. We still on this? We still together? 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. I love it. And so it tells us again that, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation test trial to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now the King James says He provides a way of escape. Now we're not looking at, you know, being an escapist here and, you know, trying to run from our troubles, but God will always show us the way through this thing, how to get around it, how to get past the trouble that we're currently dealing with. And so can you say that with me tonight? Say, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust him. Now I want to show you a quick story tonight about three young men that found themselves in the day of trouble. And I want you to look at Daniel chapter three. This will be the last place we go tonight. Daniel chapter three. We're going to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys familiar with these boys? So Daniel chapter three. And uh, to catch up on the story, we're not going to read the entire story. We're just going to pick up a couple of verses here. But we have King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and uh, the, the, the Jewish people, the people of Judah, have been taken captive by the Babylonians. And Nebuchadnezzar, being a control freak, decides that, hey, uh, and he's got a big ego, very big ego. He makes this giant 90-foot-tall statue, and he's like, hey... We're going to play music every time the music is played. Everybody has to drop what they're doing and bow down and worship the idol. Now, there was a lot of people that thought this was crazy. There was a lot of people that knew it was wrong. There was a lot of people that, you know, were children of God, and it it probably really, really violated their conscience, but they all did it anyway. They all still did it. And that amazes me even to this day. There will be able to see things happen where it's so clearly against the bible but then people are finding like well everyone else is believing it so everyone else is doing it i guess we better don't want to make anybody mad i'll, I'll bow down to it and like oh no 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 no, resist in the name of jesus resist you don't have to do it and so here we are daniel chapter three and 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 so uh there's everybody's bowing down except three guys shadrach meshach and Abednego, and and they, they confront him, and they're like, no, we're not going to do it. They're brought before him, and they said, we're, there's no way in the world that we're bowing down to that stupid thing. So you can play all the music you want. We will never bow down. We'd rather die. And and he gets so angry, because he's not used to anybody standing up to him, that he commands them to be thrown in. But it tells us that he has the fire turned up seven times hotter than what it already was. And in fact, as we're reading this, it says that the men that threw them into the fire... They they fell down and died just from getting so close to the heat. So I would say that I've had some rough days. I've never had a day that rough. All right? I mean, I've had a few doozies. I've never faced anything this bad. And so they are thrown directly into the fire, all three of them. And so let's look here. We're going to pick it up at verse 24. Verse 24. It says, But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Hey, uh, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Listen, they went in there, the three of them, but... If you are a child of God, you are never alone. Jesus was in the fire with them. And we would call this a a pre-carnate example or a a, a story of Jesus being on the scene. And so verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach. Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was cinched, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. What a story right here. Now, check it out. These guys, they were in the day of trouble like we've never seen before, but they didn't back down from their faith. And so many people, they come up to the day of trouble, and they lay their faith down and say, you know what, whatever, man. Or, you know, I thought I'd never have trouble again. Or, man, what am I going to do now? Stop that. The Lord knows those who trust him. You don't think that God knew these guys actually trusted him? Why do you think they made it out of that? Because of their faith. Because the Lord knows those who trust him. And I love that my favorite part of this story is this. Well, actually, I I like that. There's other good parts to it. But one thing I really like here is that they make it through. They come out. Their clothing isn't burned. They aren't even they're It's not even singed. They don't even smell like smoke. Listen, I like to go camping. I can't get within 50 feet of a campfire and not totally smell like smoke. I can't walk past a smoker and not smell like a chimney. Check it out. These guys were in the midst of a fire so hot that it killed people that got close to it They were right in there, but the Lord was with them. They didn't even smell like smoke. So that tells me that sometimes, listen, we can go through the day of trouble. We can go through hell on earth, and God has a way of preserving you so incredibly, uh, so, so wonderfully that he can bring you right through it, and there's not even any scars. There's not even any smoke on you. There's not even, and people look at you and say, you went through that? Yeah, how I you don't even look like it. I would never even known about it because there was a fourth man in the fire I wasn't in the fire alone. Oh, I was in the fire. Oh the day of trouble showed up uh, No doubt about it, but I wasn't alone He was with me and so praise god I made it through and yeah, you may may not even be able to tell right now, but god was with me Why i'm gonna say it again? The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. He is so good, isn't he? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. I've done it. I've ended all the time. Oh, (laughs) okay. Technically, I'm three minutes late, but that's pretty good compared to what has been happening lately. So praise the Lord. We're telling you tonight that the Lord can bring you right through this situation and it does not have any lasting effect on you. You don't have to be crippled from it for the rest of your life. Man, he is so good to us. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up tonight. We'll have Josh lead us in a little bit of worship here for just a few minutes. If you need prayer, maybe you are in the midst of the day of trouble right now. Well, praise the Lord. We know who to look to. If you need prayer for anything at all, we invite you to come on up this evening. We'll pray with you, and we'll see God work in your life. Amen.
1: I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. and darkest nights, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend I have lived in the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful so, so Darkest nights, and you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of life. All my life you have been faithful. have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Now, all my life you have been faithful. so, so good, with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness.
0: Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and close things out tonight. Um, Thank you, everybody, for being here. We love you. Remember that Friday night is the Laura Cook concert, 7 o'clock. Be here. Bring somebody. It's gonna be a really special uh evening together. Just getting to enjoy it. And young adults age eighteen to thirties, uh be here um, tomorrow night, six thirty. We're gonna have a good time with her, and uh, I'm just telling you she'll encourage you, probably make you laugh, and just have a really good time together. Amen. All right. Uh I'm gonna close in prayer. We're gonna speak the Barstow Faith Confession, and we do uh really quick, I love you guys. Have I told you how awesome you are and you're the best ever? Okay, alright, yes, there are strings attached to this, but listen, what we need really quick is this, it's the Christmas season. Come January, we'll leave it all alone for a while, but right out, Robert's got his truck with the tables. All right, and uh, because we're going to do tables for the concert sit around tables and then sundays the christmas service Robert's already got the tables in his truck. We need some men really quick help us set these tables up Julie's the table boss. All right, and uh, so she'll tell us where they go But let's just take a few minutes men if you could uh, and ladies, you know We don't want to exclude you. Come on ladies. You like lifting tables, don't you? Yeah. All right. Uh, No. Okay. Very good. So, uh, but we're going to just bring these tables in. Robert's got them in his truck. We're going to set them up real quick. Then we will get on our way and be out of here and we're going to have the best weekend ever. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray this evening. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word. And Lord, we know that it is true. You are good. You are a stronghold in the day of trouble and you know those who trust you lord help us to trust you tonight and we thank you that we are making it through any day of trouble that comes our way we always win because of you lord i pray that everybody here has a wonderful uh, ending to their week and that this christmas is the best one their family has ever had and we thank you that this weekend is going to be a massive success for our church family and we're going to be able to bless a lot of people we love you and we praise you in jesus name can everybody say amen Amen. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. Then you can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus name. Amen. All right. We will see you this weekend.